Chapter Five of Twelve Good Musicians from John Bull to Henry Purcell. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Twelve Good Musicians from John Bull to Henry Purcell by Frederick Bridge. Chapter Five Orlando Gibbons. Fifteen eighty three through sixteen twenty five. Orlando Gibbons is certainly the most outstanding name of the English musicians in the early part of the 17th century. A good deal of this is no doubt due to the fact that his contributions to sacred music have been one of the greatest possessions of our cathedral school, and their presence in service lists has been, and I venture to hope will always be, a constant tribute to their excellence. Gibbons' upbringing was, of course, such as turned his mind naturally though by no means exclusively to church music he was the son of one of the city waifs of cambridge william gibbons and was born in fifteen eighty three placed in the choir of king's college he is mentioned amongst the choristers during the years fifteen ninety six through fifteen ninety seven at which time his elder brother edward gibbons was organist of the college it might be noted in passing that this edward gibbons was himself a bachelor of music of both universities and after occupying an appointment at bristol at the beginning of the seventeenth century was later organist and priest vicar at exeter cathedral where he had to answer a charge of neglecting his duties this however he managed to do successfully he died about sixteen fifty three to return to orlando there are some interesting entries in the college records of 1601, 1602, and 1603 of sums of from two shillings to two shillings six pence paid to Gibbons, or Gibbons, G-I-B-B-I-N-S, as it is there spelt, for music composed in Festo Domini Regine, and also in the two latter years for music for the purification no christian name is given but there is little doubt that it was orlando gibbons who was placed in an important and honourable appointment at an early age for in sixteen o four he became organist of the chapel royal and in sixteen o six took his bachelor's degree at cambridge in sixteen eleven his name appears as an associate with bird and bull in a work called parthenia a collection of pieces for the virginals of which i shall speak later on we do not hear much more of him until sixteen twelve with the exception of a mention in the state papers of that period wherein we find a petition in sixteen eleven to the earl of salisbury for a lease in reversion of forty marks per annum of duchy lands without fine as promised him by the queen the year 1612 sees the publication of his first set of madrigals and motets of five parts, apt for viols or voices, newly composed by Orlando Gibbons, bachelor of music, organist of His Majesty's Chapel and Ordinary. The work is dedicated to Sir Christopher Hatton, and the dedication runs thus. They were most of them composed in your own house, and do therefore properly belong to you the language you provided them i only furnished them with tongues to utter the same it is thought from this that sir c hatton wrote the words 
as gibbon was on terms of close intimacy with him another proof of this is shown by a piece in ben cousin's virginal book where gibbons is represented by a hatton's galleon the collection madrigals and motets is rather misleading as to title for there is not one motet in it though there are thirteen madrigals some divided into two three and four sections each as long as an ordinary madrigal one of the set is the silver swan it has been stated that besides the published madrigals no secular or vocal compositions exist in manuscript except a kind of burlesque madrigal called the cries of london for six voices this statement is altogether incorrect to mention one a song a soldier's farewell to his mistress my love adieu is in existence and i have often had it performed and the statement about the burlesque madrigal is truly absurd it is curious that the music historians have as in Burney's case, either neglected to notice the existence of the work on the cries of London, or have incorrectly called it a madrigal. It is a particularly interesting form of composition. Like Welk's humorous fancy, it has parts for viols in a superimposed vocal score for soprano, alto, tenor, and bass, not six voices, consisting of the old cries of London, but it differs in one respect from Welk's, for it is in nomine for strings. This is an older form of the fancy, and has the peculiarity of one part for the viol and inner part, being allotted a well-known old ecclesiastical melody. This plain-song melody is to be found in the Sara Missal to the words Gloria Tibi Trinitas, and curiously enough, the same plain song is used by many composers of in nominis bird and ferrobosco among others but this is the only example i have come across where a sacred melody is introduced in connection with secular and in the case of cry somewhat humorous words examples of the introduction of secular tunes into the sacred works by composers of the italian school of the sixteenth century are of course very common this is a curious reversal of the custom i e the introduction of a sacred tune into a secular vocal work it says much for given skill that he is able to write very effective and flowing viol parts and to introduce so many examples of the old cries quite untrammelled by the plain song persistently played by one of the viols the copy from which this interesting work is taken is a manuscript written by thomas muriel in sixteen sixteen so the fancy was composed before that date the copyist who preserved this work for us was the rector of st stephen's walbrook the church adjoining the mansion house between sixteen twelve and sixteen twenty two must have been published the first known fantasies by gibbons for the collection is dedicated to edward ray as one of the grooms of the bedchamber and Ray was dismissed in 1622. Fantasies of three parts composed by Orlando Gibbons, Bachelor of Music and late organist to His Majesty's Royal Chapel, in ordinary, cut in copper, the like not heretofore extant. The word late is rather surprising, when he is not recorded to have resigned his position at the Chapel Royal. He was appointed organist of Westminster Abbey in 1623 
these fantasies were published by the musical antiquarian society in eighteen forty three and in some respects this publication has been the cause of a good deal of ignorance as to the real progress which instrumental music made in the early years of the seventeenth century they are undoubtedly somewhat dull when placed by the side of fancies by bird and others no doubt the veneration for gibbons and the rightful appreciation of his fine cathedral music made the members of the old invaluable musical antiquarian society more ready to edit his fancies than to select from less eminent church writers but one cannot have much respect for burney's judgment when he pronounces orlando gibbons to have been utterly contemptible in his productions for instruments he must be judged alongside of other sixteenth-century composers for although he indeed lived through the first quarter of the seventeenth century his instrumental music is characteristic of the sixteenth in common with other composers of his day gibbon shows in his clavier works an earlier and more successful attempt at a true instrumental style than he does in his music for strings the viols were later in forsaking the vocal polyphonic style than the keyed instruments simply because the vocal style suited the bowed instrument so much better than the clavier so we find composers for the clavier borrowing the rhythmic features of folk songs and dance tunes much earlier than they found it desirable or necessary to do so in viol music out of six pieces by gibbons in parthenia three are dances of pavane and two galliards one the queen's command is an air with variations and the other two are the pollutium a piece of very simple harmonic design with florid figuration like the early organ preludes and a quite remarkable fantasia in four parts remarkable because rather exceptional as a clavier piece and also because of its protracted and serious working in the cansona style in the fitzwilliam collection the only pieces by gibbons are an air with variations the wood so wild and a pavane the latter however being identical with the lord of salisbury his pavan which is found also in parthenia with regard to the fancies written for bass viol mean viol and treble viol after the manner of the period these were published absolutely devoid of any indications of pace or phrasing or of expression this fact is probably due some of their loss of popularity they require artists to interpret them and in good hands are capable of considerable effect in the old quaint style the robust tones of the modern cello viola and violin can hardly give us a correct impression of these pieces but by muting them a very good suggestion of viol tone is obtainable one may mention another fancy written this time for two treble viols and a bass whether it is the difference of the instruments or the fact that it is a later number in the collection and may therefore be a later composition i cannot say but there is a distinctly more modern spirit about this fancy it is more rhythmic the sections are more marked and at the end there is a complete repetition of an eight-bar phrase the only difference in the repeat being that the first vial here takes the second part and vice versa in the domain of sacred music orlando gibbon certainly holds the foremost place 
amongst the english composers of the contrapuntal school no name is better known in our cathedrals in great gatherings of cathedral choirs in my young days alas we do not now have such gatherings to any great extent gibbon's splendid service in f was always an item to which we looked forward and he has left us almost as great a collection of anthems as purcell did in later years many of them were composed for special occasions one was a wedding anthem for my lord somerset another made for the king's being in scotland this was of course james i and it was from this anthem i extracted the splendid concluding amen which was sung at the coronations of king edward VII and king george v and which is now the recognized abbey amen the anthem this is the record of john has a string accompaniment for vials this was made for laud president of st john's oxford for st john baptist day another behold thou hast made my days was composed at the entreaty of dr maxey dean of windsor the same days and night before his death mention must also be made of o clap your hands which has always had a suspicion attached to it of having played the part of dr hather's doctor's exercise this suspicion is deepened by the fact that dr cummings possessed a manuscript of it with the following inscription upon it dr hather's commencement song composed by dr orlando gibbons they both took their degrees at oxford on the same occasion viz the foundation of the camden history professorship hather was a lay vicar of westminster and it was he who founded the oxford music lecture now represented by the professorship it was originally worth three pounds a year the degrees were conferred on the two friends of camden at his special request gibbons was also a contributor to withers hymns and songs of the church withers himself pays him the following tribute he hath chosen to make his music agreeable to the matter and what the common apprehension can best admit rather than to the curious fancies of the time which path both of us could more easily have trodden gibbons appears to have had a sense of humour judging from a letter which we found in the westminster abbey muniment room some years ago i believe this is the only letter of gibbons that is known it is addressed to the treasurer of the abbey asking that the organ tuner one burrard might be paid it runs as follows mr ireland i know this bill to be very reasonable for i have already cut him off ten shillings therefore i pray dispatch him for he hath dealt honestly with the church so shall i rest your servant orlando gibbons the whole bill was very small and by cutting him off ten shillings i think old orlando was rather hard we get a glimpse of orlando gibbons organ playing in the abbey from the life of archbishop williams sometime lord keeper of the great seal the french ambassadors who came over to arrange the marriage of the prince of wales afterwards charles i with henrietta maria were entertained at supper in the jerusalem chamber but before the supper we are told the ambassadors with the nobles and gentlemen in their company were brought in at the north gate of the abbey which was stuck with flambeaux everywhere that strangers might cast their eyes upon the stateliness of the church at the door of the choir the lord keeper besought their lordships to go in and take their seats there for a while 
at their entrance the organ was touched by the best finger of that age mr orlando gibbons the lord ambassadors and their great train took up all the stalls where they continued about half an hour while the choirmen vested in their rich copes sang three several anthems with most exquisite voices before them listine williams was a very great man lord keeper of the great seal of england bishop of lincoln and afterwards archbishop of york he was dean of westminster in sixteen twenty we are told in his life written by john halkett bishop of lichfield in coventry he procured the sweetest music both for the organ and for voices of all parts that ever was heard in english music in those days the abbey and the jerusalem chamber where he gave entertainment to his friends were the votaries of the choicest songs that the land has heard the greatest masters of that delightful faculty frequented here above all others i think it must be to this patron of music that we owe the fine collection of madrigals and motets including the very rare and valuable books of Gearing, which are now preserved in the abbey library this account of the perfection of the music at the abbey in these remote days under the fostering care of a dean distinguished both as a statesman and a musician may perhaps be followed by a contemporary description of the members of a choir not of course of the abbey choir in particular by another dean this was dean earl the first dean after the restoration but the work from which i quote was first printed in sixteen twenty eight so that it is only a year or two after the time of gibbons earl was not dean of westminster until more than thirty years later the book is entitled microcosmography a piece of the world discovered in essays and characters and was first published anonymously i hope this description of what the writer calls a merry crew the common singing men in cathedral churches is not a true description of the great body of such choirs at the time but it is worth quoting the common singing men in cathedral churches are a bad society and yet a company of good fellows that roar deep in the choir deeper in the tavern they are the eight parts of speech which go to the syntax of service and are distinguished by their noises much like bells for they make not a consort but a peal their pastime or recreation is prayers their exercise drinking yet herein so religiously addicted that they serve god oftenest when they are drunk their humanity is a leg that is consists in a bow to the residencer their learning a chapter for they learn it commonly before they read it yet the old hebrew names are little beholden to them for they miscall them worse than one another though they never expound the scripture they handle it much and pollute the gospel with two things their conversation and their thumbs upon workdays they behave themselves at prayers as at their pots for they swallow them down in an instant their gowns are lacked that is streaked commonly with streamings of ale the superfluities of a cup or throat above measure their skill in melody makes them the better companions abroad and their anthems abler to sing catches long-lived for the most part they are not especially the bass they overflow their banks so oft to drown the organs briefly if they escape arresting they die constantly in god's service and to take their death with more patience they have wine and cakes at their funeral and now they keep the church a great deal better 
and helped to fill it with their bones as before with their noise this quotation must not be taken too seriously earl's book was written when he was a young man probably under the inspiration of casaubon's translation of the fourth century theophrastus's characters published in fifteen ninety two it consists of seventy seven characters some of them serious studies and others such as the above humorous or satirical sketches not intended to be true representations yet containing a basis of truth richard baxter writing to earl says in charity and gentleness and peaceableness of mind you are very eminent a very unusual adventure is chronicled as having taken place on st peter's day sixteen twenty eveseed gentlemen of the chapel royal did violently and suddenly without cause run upon mr gibbons took him up and threw him down upon a standard whereby he received such hurt that he is not yet recovered of the same and withal he tear the band from his neck to his prejudice and disgrace in sixteen twenty five gibbons had to compose and direct the music for the reception at canterbury of henrietta maria on the occasion of her marriage with charles i it was to be his last commission for he died on whit sunday june fifth with regard to his death we have always been led to believe that he died of smallpox all the histories including the admirable groves dictionary have taught us so mr w barclay squire of the british museum has however shown this to be incorrect in a letter which he found among the state papers from sir albertus morton to lord edward conway and endorsed mr secretary morton touching the musician that died at canterbury and supposed to have died of the plague a medical certificate is enclosed signed by doctors poe and domingo stating that his sickness was at first lethargical followed by convulsions he grew apoplectical and so died thus refuting the smallpox theory in favor of epilepsy his portrait is in the collection at oxford and a fine monument with an excellent bust was erected in canterbury cathedral by the composer's widow it was my privilege to suggest and organize a musical festival of gibbon's works in westminster abbey in nineteen o seven some of his finest church music was given by a very large choir and a beautiful replica in black marble of the bust of the composer which is in canterbury cathedral was unveiled it has always seemed to me a reflection upon the abbey that no memorial to the greatest of its organists save purcell should be found there this festival created very great interest and brought a munificent offer from mr cruz a well-known amateur and master of the worshipful company of musicians to defray the expense of the bust of the celebrated organist it is well placed in close proximity to the memorials of his worthy successors blow purcell and croft End of chapter five